Hey, everybody, and welcome to Top 3, where entrepreneurs are sharing their secrets. And today, I have a dear friend of mine, Greg Rillette, and he is going to tell you about not just one of his businesses, but several of his businesses. And he's also going to share with us, obviously, his top three reasons why he believes in entrepreneurism and the reasons why of his success. So he's gonna be talking about all those different areas as well as a, a book and other things I met. And I actually met Greg through a video mastermind that our good friend Brandon T. Adams introduced us. So um, that's a whole different separate podcast which we'll be doing in a couple of weeks, but I'm really excited to have you Greg to the show. So welcome. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. And uh, I love the idea of top three. Like we're going to get into it. We're going to get at it and uh, hopefully leave people with some tangible things that they can do to improve their business, improve their life and, and have a good time in the process. Absolutely. And the best thing about it is it's quick. It's about 30 minutes long. And, um, and everybody keeps coming up to me and saying, I didn't know that about this. And this is a great story. So we're really excited to hear what you have to say as well. So let's go right into it and ask, you know, how did you get started in the entrepreneur world? Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to do this as quick as possible. So uh, when I was 16 in high school, uh, I signed up for this program called WISE, and they let you out of school at noon every day your senior year. I signed up for this program because I got to get out of school every day at noon my senior year, because that sounds like, you know, everybody stays at school till three and here's Greg, he's out at noon. And uh, fantastic idea. And the purpose of the program was to use that extra time to start a business. And so I started a record label um, because I was into hip hop music. And at the time, entrepreneurs weren't as cool as we are today, right? Like today, entrepreneurs are role models. People are like, but 20 years ago, you know, it wasn't cool necessarily to call yourself an entrepreneur. Like people didn't even know what that word meant. And so I saw all these hip hop moguls. So your Jay-Z's, your uh, Cash Money Records, your No Limit Records, and the CEOs were very entrepreneurial. And I saw that, all right, well, they're signing themselves to their record label. They're signing their friends to the record label. I'm like, I could do this. Um, and so I, I did a senior project, uh, started a business, a record label, signed myself as the first artist along with my friend, uh, started signing other people from the community. And I spent the next 10 years on the road as a musician, um, you know, paying the bills through, you know, whether it was album sales or a recording studio that I had in my, in my uh, apartment or, uh, you know, playing live shows. And it taught me so much about entrepreneurship because we created a product that nobody wanted. And so what I mean by that is, you know, you go to a bar and you say, hey, I'd love to play at your bar on a Friday night. The club owner, the bar owner is like, who are you? Like, we don't, you know, like, we don't want you here. And it taught me really quickly how to, that it's all about what the, the customer wants. So the bar owner didn't care what our music sounded like. So the pitch, the, the pitch that never worked was our music is the best and we sound like this and we're very unique and we, you know, we can jam all night. Like the bar owner could care less. What the bar owner cared about was selling shots and selling more beer and getting more people into their bar. So our pitch very quickly changed from, hey, we have the best music to, hey, we have, uh, this is our promotional strategy. This is our marketing strategy. We guarantee 100 people at the door. We're going to charge this much. This is how much you're going to make from a cover charge. Oh, and by the way, we have two songs where we force everybody in the audience to buy a Jaeger bomb, which was like in the back in the day, like a $15 drink. So now you got 100 people buying a $15. Like, so we would go to the club and we're like, hey, we'll help you make an extra five, $6,000, you know, if you have us play your bar. So it was a completely different way to frame our offer as opposed to everyone else who was saying, we have the best music. 
bar owners don't didn't care. And so learn that lesson in the music industry, because again, no one wanted our music. They wanted all the other things that came with it. And so that was my fray into entrepreneurship uh, was starting in the music world and then got into the business world, realizing that uh, I didn't want to be in dive bars and, you know, have the cigarette smoke and the, uh, you know, earning enough money to go buy ramen noodles to go to the next truck stop to, you know, wasn't the life for me. Um, and uh, and got into the whole world of online marketing because it's, it's really the same. It's about coming up with an amazing offer that gets people excited about your product and service. And that to me, that's the most exciting thing about what we do is we get to control that conversation. We get to create that offer. We get to create not just our product, but how the marketplace sees our product. And to me, that's that's so exciting. And so, yeah, started started as a, a ploy to get out of school early um, and now has, has, has gone on 20 years now of, of having a really good time. Oh, how fun is that? And how brilliant the idea, too, of, you know, talking to that bar owner and just switching the story around to make it more conducive of how he understood how the value would come to him as well as to you. So that was brilliant, especially being so young. Now, how do you take that same message with all of your clients to this day? Yeah, it's, it's actually pretty simple. Every client that I work with and pretty much every entrepreneur, they fall in love with their product, right? My product is the best. Doesn't matter if it's software, if it's consulting, if it's a widget, like here's my product. It's so good, right? Like we just started a supplement company. All I want to do is talk about like, here it is, like hold it in your hand. It's got 10 grams of this and this and this. Um, the problem is when we put all of the focus on us and our product, we forget about the person that it's for. And so as you have your own product, Yes, we want to fall in love with our product. Yes, we want to make the best product possible, but we have to frame it in a way that it's good for our prospect. Like, why does my prospect care about the fact that it has X, Y, and Z ingredients? What, what, how, what's the benefit to them? How is it going to enrich their life? How do we make it irresistible for them to say yes? Like, when we went to this, this bar owner using that example, if he said no, he was kind of the fool in the situation. Like, we made the deal so stacked in his favor it was hard for him to say no. And so now when I work with clients or I think about my own offers, I want to stack so much on the deck to where the prospect would, you know, they would be silly if they didn't say yes, because we put so much emphasis on improving their life, making their relationship better, helping them to get healthier, helping them to, you know, it's all about them. And so it's this, it's flipping this switch from me, me, me to them, 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 and making that switch in the way that you market and promote your products is the biggest thing. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't have a personal brand. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't, you know, talk about your programs, products and services. But it's when you do, you frame it in this, uh, you, you put it into this frame of I'm doing this because of you to help you to show you how to do these things versus here's what I did. Here's what I have. Here's what I like. It's changing that I to you. And that is the biggest frame change that most entrepreneurs can have. And if you just do that, your sales will go up. And so, you know, we're talking about, you know, top three, but like one of the biggest secrets is making an offer that your prospects just fall in love with and they, they have to say yes. And you can only do that if you shift it from I to you. Again, wonderful expertise right there. And you have actually have had several different kinds of companies and now you're moving into the supplements. And, you know, was that a hard adjustment? Because I know a lot of entrepreneurs out there, they want to stick to their one product and they think that they have to focus, focus, focus. They've been told to focus. You, by all means, have gone here, here and here and have done well every single time. So what's the magic behind that? Yeah. So I'll tell you what a mentor told me and it changed everything. It was... Greg, you need to be Jay-Z the rapper before you become Jay-Z the mogul. 
And what he meant by that was that Jay-Z, he, he's a, a hip hop artist for anyone who's just like, I don't know who, what, what Greg's talking about. He's like a billionaire now on the Forbes list. But at the time he was just a kid from Marcy Projects in New York City and he became the best hip hop artist. And by becoming the best hip hop artist, he sold millions and millions of records and he was able to do tours and build this incredible fan base. So then when he said, you know what, I want to have a clothing line, he had millions of people that he could instantly sell the clothing line to. When he wanted to start a vodka company or purchase a vodka company, he could just now in his songs introduce the name of the vodka and he could sell out vodka all over the world. And so the, the reason I bring this up is that most entrepreneurs want to be who insert whoever now. And they see them as like, well, Elon Musk has like seven companies. They're like, yeah, but he spent 10, 15 years of his life just on PayPal, got paid, made a name for himself in that world. And he was able to take those resources and deploy them into SpaceX and into Tesla and into the, the solar companies and, and all that. And so, yes, if you're just starting on your entrepreneurial journey, you need one product, one funnel, one offer, and spend an entire year going deep on that. Build up your fan base, build up your brand, do, and all of that collateral that you're building, now it's easier to introduce product two. It's easier to introduce product three. So for us with supplements, the reason why we're able to do that is because we have a core business that we've worked on for the last 10 years in the coaching and consulting space, where now we have an abundance of profits and we're able to take some of those profits and say, all right, now what do we want to do? Like now, if, if we could wave them, like, what do you want to do? And this is something that was like a passion project for me. I'm only able to do it because I have an email list of 25,000 people that I can send an email to and say, hey, I just started a supplement company. Who wants to support? And I can sell hundreds of, of orders on day one. Now, if most people are starting and they say, all right, well, I'm going to start a coaching business and a supplement business, and I'm going to sell t-shirts and I'm going to, and, but you have no one to sell it to. You haven't built the audience. You haven't, you don't have the reputation. So it's really hard because we see these people at the top of their game right now, right? Yep. It doesn't matter what industry. There's someone you probably look up to, someone that, and you see them doing 10 different things. Well, they did one thing amazing first and they were able to take that success and leverage it into business two or opportunity two or opportunity three. It's really hard for us to do as entrepreneurs because we think we can do it all, right? Like that, that's why we we're an entrepreneur because we wanted to put that pressure on our backs. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing to do is focus on building a world-class product, funnel, offer, campaign, traffic strategy for one thing, get it to an elite level, and then introduce thing number two. It is really hard to do, but it is the most important thing to do. And then once you have success, once you're spitting out enough cash flow to take care of the bills, to you know have, have everything that you want in your life, then and only then is it time to go into category number two. And so, you know, we spent 10 years building up our agency and working with clients and building an incredible email list and, you know, all of that as Greg, the video guy, Greg, the media guy, Greg, the marketing guy. And then we splintered off into and, and again, supplements might seem like completely left field. But to me, if if you're if I'm telling you like, Marsha, all right, you got to be great on camera today, but you're, you're you have some brain fog, you're tired, you're fatigued, you're not going to bring your A game to the camera. So we created supplements to help that. Right. So we're taking the supplements in back into our core business and helping entrepreneurs become high performers. Like we're not teaching bodybuilders, you know, how to drink protein shakes. That's not our lane. You know, like I know my marketplace. And so it isn't, it is, it seems left field until you see the, the bigger picture. So hopefully all of that ranting made sense, but it was, it's really like become the best in the world. And then the other opportunities will become much easier and the dominoes fall much faster. 
And it's interesting though, too, because entrepreneurs are always trying to think outside the box, right? And so you were in that video world before video really became a thing. And then it became a thing. And, you know, you're out there, you have all these subscribers now too, which is great. You decided to, um, you know, supplements. Supplements, I think, are just beginning to really take off. And again, you're at that point where you're at the beginning of that craze. I'm starting to see a lot more of it. I mean, it's getting into everything. And the kids that are coming out now, the Zs, are so into their health and fitness yeah. and workouts and all this stuff that it has changed complete, completely. We didn't have that when we graduated high school. We didn't care about all this stuff. We didn't know what a supplement was, yeah, right? right? And, and um, so it's interesting to see where you're going with that. And, you know, I, I am sure it was hard, though, because you have supplements and you don't have an expertise in the background. How did you figure out what you needed to have, you know, basically, the, the who's around you to yeah. make that happen? So two two pieces of that puzzle. The first is... I'm a believer in the products that we created because I was a user of the products that we created. I was, you know, for the last nine, 10 years, uh, I use an app called Evernote where I store all of my notes and I've tried every type of nootropic. I am a, a you know, I'm not at a biohacking level of like a Dave Asprey, but like I do experiments on myself of like, you know, what did I try? What did I take? And so I was able to take all of those notes and say, all right, here were the, the list of ingredients that had the biggest impact on me. So when we got to work with uh, you know, a supplement manufacturer, we came to them with a custom formula based on my own experiences. And I think that's really, really important. Um, I heard this the other day is that, you know, at least this is my, my way of thinking is I always want to be my own first customer. Like when we were doing video stuff and selling it to other clients, it's because it was working for me. And it was really easy for me to say, hey, Joe, hey, Johnny, hey, Sally, here's what this did really good for me. Can I do some of the same stuff for you? So the supplements was the same thing. Hey, I've been taking this stuff for like 10 years. I just bottled it up in my own unique way. Um, we did powders and you know, a, a drinkable powder instead of pills um, because I, I have a very negative connotation with pills, with a, a story uh, you know, about my mother passing away. And just but like so but we found this unique space, but it was taking something that we really believed in and did. It wasn't just like, let's just go into supplements because I Googled something and it said that we can make money with it. And I think that's what a lot of people do. And you give up because we went yeah. through, I mean, revision after revision, FDA problems, compliance problems, lawyer problems. Like if I didn't really believe in the product, I would have given up a long time ago if it was just a make money thing. So that that's that was kind of step one. The second piece of the equation, um, you, you mentioned The Who, great book by Dan Sullivan right now, Who Not How, that it's just everyone should read that book. And uh, I was in a mastermind group and there was somebody in there selling, you know, a, a ridiculous amount of supplements. And, you know, after I had built up trust, it wasn't the first thing that I ever asked him. Um, I just said, hey, I'm thinking of doing this, um, you know, and I'd already provided value in the group and we had known each other. And, and he goes, I would love to make a recommendation to you, to the company that we've been using for 10 years. Here's their certifications. Here's all of this. I will just hand this to you on a silver platter because you've given me so much value already in the group. Um, and then he made the connection and it was it fast tracked the process because now we were coming in not as like an inquiry on a contact us form. We were coming in from a guy, you know, who was doing eight, nine figures worth of supplement sales saying you need to talk to Greg. And so when they made that introduction, we went right to the top of the food chain and, you know, we didn't have to pay any development costs. And like it just it made our process so much better. And so the who 
is really important. And that's why it's really important to be in, whether it's mastermind groups or coaching programs or, you know, an EO or like, it doesn't matter what the group is, but get around other amazing people who can fast track your success. And sometimes you have to write a check to be in those groups. Absolutely. Right. There's a, there is a pay to play aspect of this because now you're around other A players. Yep. Sometimes is it somebody you bump into the coffee shop? Sure. Absolutely. But being around mentors, coaches, these types of groups, there's somebody in that group who's one, two degrees away to being that who that will get you there so much faster than you just, you know, can it happen? Would it have happened if I had just gone to like 10 supplement manufacturers and just fill out their contact us form? Probably, but I'd probably still be waiting for product. Maybe I'd be another 10, 20, 30, $40,000 in, in, you know, formulation costs that I didn't have to pay. So yeah, the, the who is, is amazing. It's who can help speed up this process. Um, even when we talk about distribution, you know, uh, I just came from a great launch and, you know, right now we're selling a lot of our products direct to consumer one person at a time. So I sell it to Susie. I send my product to Susie and I'm always looking for, well, who has access to where I can sell to a thousand Susie's at the same time. And so we were talking to, a. uh, a vending machine manufacturer. And I was like, this is weird, but like, I'm big on alternative distribution. I think it's awesome. And so they do, they're in like casinos, they're in high-end gyms, they're in high-end hotels. And I'm like, oh, that that's actually really, really cool. And it's all video driven. There's a loop that plays, a video loop. And he's like, well, you're a video guy. And so it now all of a sudden gets us into two, three, 400 vending machines at, in one shot. So now I'm not selling to one person, I'm selling to 200. So I always look for the who that can accelerate our success. And again, going back to just as entrepreneurs, like a lot of us have lone wolf syndrome, right? Like we feel like we can do it by ourselves. Well, I'm going to put all the pressure on my back. I'm going to take on all the risk. I'm going to do, um, I think it's very admirable. And it took me a long time to realize this, that it's okay to ask for help. And most people genuinely want to help you, right? Like it's, it's crazy. We feel like, you know, if I have to ask you for, for help, I'm, I'm belittling myself or my ego. Like if I asked you for help and you were able to actually, oh, actually I know that person. You feel good about that, of giving that help. And so many entrepreneurs don't take that action. Don't take that next step for fear that they're going to be looked at as inferior. And I feel like it's a strength to be able to ask those questions, to ask for help, to ask for the who. And it'll just move you ahead so much further when you take the ego out of the equation and you put your mission, your vision in, in first place. Oh my gosh, that just gave us like so many extra tips right there. <laughs> so I think you did three, four, and five. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, within all that, and it is amazing because I love the energy that you have, and you, and and you have to hear. I think with our, our listeners, you have to realize like it just didn't happen overnight. You know, you had to fall down, you had to get back up. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about one of those times that you fell down hard, and then how did you get back up? Yeah, uh, I fell down hard last year. Um, like many people, like the, the Corona pandemic, whatever we want to call it these days, like it was not good to us at the time. Um, the majority of our revenue came from people flying in from all over the world to come to Orlando, Florida, to be in our studio and virtually overnight, you know, we were four or $500,000 in cancellations and refunds, you know, laying off half of our staff. Like it was just, it was a nightmare. Um, and we didn't know, you know, what we were going to do. And, Something that I that my partner told me that I take to heart that now you know I tell everybody is like in that moment, it's okay to be sad. It's okay right. to show emotion. It's okay to have a pity party, but you got to get your butt back up. Yep. Right. Like that moment, like if you look at boxers, UFC people, like they don't win every fight. They get knocked down. And in that moment, it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to 
shoot, I did not bring my my best today. I lost this fight. But you know what they do? Like sometimes it's the next day. Sometimes it's a week later. They're back in the ring and they're training. And so if you've been punched in the mouth, you know, physically or emotionally or mentally um, in your business, and this happens a lot, it's okay to show emotion in the moment. Compose yourself. Take that deep breath and then look for the next step. So when that happened to us, um, I was able to, you know, very, very quickly say, all right, well, this isn't going to work, right? I can't ask somebody to come on an airplane and, and come see me next week. What can I do? What skills do I have? What resources do we have? What expertise do I bring to the table? And we created a brand new uh, coaching consulting program pretty much out of thin air. Um, I, I remember it was, a, it was a Friday night. And so Jimmy Fallon, uh, late night TV host, had started doing his, TV, his talk show from home. Um, so he started doing the late night show from home and he had his kids do all of the artwork because all of his art, you know, artists weren't in the office anymore. And so his kids wrote the, you know, late show and all the names of the guests and all that. And I was like, well, that's a really cool idea. So over the weekend I had my kids, I, I wrote out this sketch of the, the class I wanted to teach. And I had my kids write like module one, you know, content module two, this module three. And then I had my wife, uh, Jimmy Fallon's wife was actually the camera person. And so I was like, well, Jen, you're hired. That's my wife's name. And so she became my camera person. And we shot this thing outside of my backyard. And I said, hey, guys, do you, if you're going through a tough time right now, the number one thing that you have is, is speed. Your ability to create things on the fly is what's going to be your best survival tactic over yep. the next, you know, however long this, this lasts. And I created a course and a coaching program called Velocity. It was all about speed and ambition, right? Taking your ambition and getting it into the marketplace at warp speed. And I had my little signs for my kids and I started showing them up and uh, we sold the program out in five days. So the idea for it on a Friday, we drew out the things with my kids on the weekend. Sales letter went up on Monday. By Friday of that week, we had sold out the entire program, saved our business and we're on the fast track. And it's that the ability to to do things at warp speed is one of the biggest lessons that I could teach anybody. So many people, you know, are like, I want to start a podcast like the show you're having me on right here today. Some people will think about the title for six months yep, for a year for, well, I can't move forward because I don't have the perfect name of, of the show. And I'm like, well, if you just picked any name, you could be 20 episodes in right now. You could have 20 opportunities, 20 connections, 20 new people that you met is what's more important, having the perfect name or being 20 episodes in. And so we just started flipping this mindset of like, look, like we learned so much in the last year that nothing is guaranteed. We can't take things for granted. The, the biggest thing most of us have is regret. And so if you're telling me you want this, this, this dream, this goal, we call it ambitions, right? So your big dream, your goal or your ambition, why don't your actions back that up? You know, let's let your actions match your ambitions. If you're telling me you want to write that book, well, then get in your calendar every single day and for 30 minutes, uninterrupted, no kids, no spouse, no phone calls, no one can schedule anything. You are going to write. And guess what? That darn book is going to get finished. You want to do the podcast. You want to, you know, create a course. You want to launch it. Like whatever it is that you want to do, it's about speed of implementation because we, if with enough time, we can talk ourselves out of anything, right? Yep. Like literally anything, the house we want to buy, the person we want to marry, like with enough time, we will self-sabotage. And so to me, speed is everything. And it's this old notion of everyone was taught when we were, when we were young, that it's ready, aim, fire, right? The problem is aiming is subjective. We could aim forever, a little higher, a little lower, a little more to the left, a little more to the right. We just keep aiming, we keep tinkering, we keep tweaking. 
I love saying that it's ready, fire, aim. Get ready, fire it out into the marketplace, and then adjust based on what the marketplace actually says, not your feelings, right? Because like feelings, like it doesn't matter if, if your customer buys it, you know, you know, you could have said, all right, should I do the top three podcasts or the top five podcasts, right? Like you could have had that internal discussion for six months, right? Um, yeah. by going with top three, now you put it out to the world. People say, Marsha, I love your podcast. It's so awesome. And you're like, all right, cool. Or they're like, it's too short. It needs to be longer. Well then guess what? Like next week you can change it to top five. Do you know who cares? You. Nobody else. Right. The marketplace didn't remember it was called top three last week, right? Like, cause we're all so focused on ourselves that we don't even know what the outside world's doing. And so we put so much pressure on ourselves to make things perfect, but it's the only thing that matters in the business world is what does the marketplace care about? So, so from failure to getting back on my feet was all about speed of implementation. It was ready, fire, aim. Get it out to the marketplace. Let's make it better and perfect it over time. I mean, you even see this with like big brands like Apple. They roll out a new iOS. Is everything perfect? No, there's bugs galore every time that they do it, but they fix it, right? But they let 100,000, a million, 10 million, 20 million people play with the software and then they implement and they fix the bugs. Now, does is that a substitute for putting out a crappy product? No right? Like we're not putting out bottom of the barrel stuff. We're saying this is good enough to get into the hands of the people who need it. And we're going to make it better along the way. And that has served me really well every single time I've got myself into a jam. And it's such, you know, it's so interesting you say that because the way you say it with such passion and all, and it's just like, yep, this is what you do kind of thing. <laughs> and so many people will go through this and like, what, what was that again? You know, how do, how do I do that? And, and you're right. You want to, you literally will have all these things in front of you. Like I didn't get that today. Yeah. It's still on my list, but I didn't do it. And yeah. to me, I'm a huge date person. So I tell my team, like put a date to it. I want a date. And I said, because we keep talking about this, it's got to get done that first quarter for our rocks. And I said, yeah, we got to put a date to this. And once we start doing all that, they too feel a lot more accomplished because they feel like together as a team, we're doing this. But I, I totally agree with you. And it's it's really hard sometimes because you run out of hours and you're like, oh, God, I should have done that. But you got to make it a priority. You know, we were doing top three is interesting because um it was an idea. And I actually waited. I know um, Chris Cumby. I know you, Chris. Yeah, and, love Chris. Uh, Chris recommended me doing a podcast like over a year ago, beginning of 2019. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, I got I to gotta know about it. I got to read about it. I got to learn about it. I'm, an, I'm a former accountant. I need to know my stuff, right? Yeah. And, and ironically enough, you know, I was doing all that. And then one day I just said, that's it. That's it. Within a month, this is going up and getting live. And then I, you know, reached out in my team and then her husband helped me out. He actually does his own podcast and he's so he's my producer, actually. And um, now but it was interesting. All of a sudden it just came in and and he told us, well, they get the music and there's these free sites. You can do that. And then, you know, you go nine, nine uh, designs, you get your your logos really fast. There's all these different things out there to say, OK, poof. We're live. Yep. And I think people sometimes will procrastinate because they don't know what they don't know. But I agree with you. You just have to dive in and go from there. So, so the, the big lesson from what you just said is something that I thoroughly believe in is that you don't need to know every step. Mm -hmm. You know, people want to know what's step one and then what's step 100. Yep. If you if you just know step one, step two, because you recorded your first podcast and you went, oh, crap, I need music. And then you go find music and then you go, oh, crap, I need to find someone to edit it. Oh, and then you found it's like every step becomes crystal clear 
when you get to that step. But in our minds, we create all of this chaos, all of yes. these problems, all of these insecurities, all of these you know moments of second guessing ourselves because we want to know steps one through a hundred. But if you just know step step one, book my first guest, uh, and then step two is who's going to be my first guest. Step three, how do I get them on my count? Like every step appears when you're ready for when you're ready for that step. And then the answer usually isn't that difficult. There's this amazing thing called Google and YouTube, right? And you can find answers to everything, right? Like yeah. how do I find intro music for my podcast? Someone wrote an article about it, you know? Yeah. And so, um, but you know, just taking that leap, I'm not saying it's easy. Nothing I just said is easy, but taking those steps and taking fast action creates momentum. I believe that momentum comes from motion. Yes. That, that every, you know, you, you say, well, I went to a Tony Robbins event or whatever, and I came back with so much motivation in my life. And I'm like, yeah, but you, you went in motion. You, you got on an airplane, you got into a room, you did all this. And the problem is when you come back, you didn't put yourself in motion. You rolled out of bed, walked, looked into your laptop and you didn't create any motion. So you have to create motion to create motivation and momentum. And so you have to do something. And by taking any action, even if it's wrong, gets you moving. And then you can adjust and use that motivation momentum for, for, for the next step. So I love what you said. Like I figured it out. Right. And none of it necessarily, like were there maybe tense moments? Sure. But none, none of it was rocket science. I'm sure it was just, that's the next thing I got to do. And I'm still learning. And that's the beauty of it. And I talk to people like yourself who've been on several other podcasts and know what you're doing. And I too learn just as much as my listeners. So it makes sense. And then one last question going into what you just said. A lot of people put a lot of head trash in their heads to stop them from making that goal. What are your suggestions to help them to basically get rid of that head yeah. trash or at least lessen it? It's a great question with an easy answer because I spent 10 minutes answering it earlier, which is stop thinking about you and start thinking about the other person. That anytime that I start putting head trash in, I go and I, I offer to help somebody, right? Like there's nothing that will build your confidence and tell you that you're doing the right thing, like genuinely helping somebody. So whether that's consulting a friend, whether that's going out to your email list and saying, you know, hey guys, I got a couple hours this afternoon. Is anybody having a sales problem that uh, that I, you think I might be able to help you work through? And by by giving, by giving of yourself, giving of your expertise, giving of your knowledge, nothing gives you confidence like just helping somebody else. Again, we put all of this pressure on ourselves like to, to do a perfect podcast, right? But nobody cares if you buff up the intro or anything like that, as long as you do it for the audience. If the audience feels like you're actually doing it for them, they forgive all of the nuance. Right. Like they have no idea that I said, um, probably 800 times today because of the passion, because I genuinely care about delivering an amazing performance for your audience today. That is my only intention. And guess what? Selfishly, I feel better because of it. Selfishly, all of my self-doubt disappears. Like, who is Greg? Why? Why interview him? Who is he to be? You know, all of that goes away because I'm just like, I'm just here to help. I am here to serve. I'm here to add value to other people. And when you start again, flip it from me to you. Um, great, great things happen. And a lot of that head trash goes away because you're like, oh, wait, I am actually good at what I do. I, I did actually help somebody today. I did like, how cool is that feeling? And then guess what? You want more of it. You want that dopamine hit you want. And so now you're more willing to go and sell that product. You're willing to go and ask, you know, somebody who's maybe out of your league to be a guest on your show because you want more of that good feeling. Oh my gosh. I feel like when this is over, we have, we converted one of our conference room to a fitness room. So we have a Peloton in there. I feel like I'm doing a whole workout now. So this is great, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I love this. Um, so tell us about you a little bit more. What are you, what are you reading right now? 
Oh, um, great question. So uh, very eclectic reading. So uh, I have, I was joking with somebody this morning, I have like a different book in every room of the house, right? So uh, outside on the patio, which is where I read in the morning, I'm reading The Art of Impossible by Stephen Kotler. Amazing book. All of, He writes a lot about flow states uh, and, and how to get your brain into, into high peak performance. Um, in another room, I'm reading uh, Cannabinoids and the Brain, all about how cannabis impacts your brain because uh, there might be a future product in the supplement line down that space. It is very textbook and it is a dry read. Um, in the bedroom, before I go to bed, I'm reading Bitcoin Billionaires, which is about the Winklevoss twins, um, who were uh, early partners in Facebook. They were basically the bad guys in the social network, um, the big twins from Harvard uh, who went through that. Um, 5 a.m. Club by Robin Sharma, probably my favorite personal development book. I'm going through it for a second time right now. Uh, and then in this room here is Relentless by Tim Grover, uh, who was Michael Jordan's high performance coach, and then Kobe Bryant, and then Dwayne Wade. He was their high performance coach, helping them to get into like flow. He doesn't call them flow states, he calls it in the zone. Athletes get in the zone, you know, and they 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 can shoot and can't miss. They're in the zone. Well, that's really the same thing as a flow state, as as we would call it in, in the scientific community. So those are uh those are some of the books. Yeah, again, eclectic, kind of all over the place, but you know, it's it's fun. Oh, I, I love it. I'm an audible person, so I have a ton of things in the car. Wherever I go, any anywhere I go in the car, that is on to listen to learn something that day. How about obviously you mentioned um, Evernote on your your apps on your phone? What other apps are your favorite right now? Um, so Evernote by far like runs my life. So my, my to-do list, uh, I have a, like a daily, like, like, uh, I call it my daily ambition, but it's a document I read every day to get myself primed. All of that's in Evernote. Every, everything that I write is in Evernote. So any email I've ever written any like I do everything in Evernote, it, it you know, it, it used to call itself your second brain, but that's how I use it. It literally is my second brain. Um, uh, I, I'm looking now just at like my home screen and like, I have now, like I used to be a Slack person. I don't log in at all anymore. Um, I'm very much a text message person. So I try to text anyone and everything. So I try to stay at a messenger. I try to stay at a WhatsApp. I, I try to do all text messages. Um, Audible, very similar to you. So do a lot of Audible. Um, and Spotify is like, I, I can't live without Spotify. Um, so I have obviously like, uh, you know, the, the actual popular music that I listen to, um, which is very grounded in like hip hop, punk rock, stuff like that, still very much in that. But then I also have a lot of work related playlists. So uh, a bunch of playlists that I that I listen to when I'm writing and I'm trying to again, get into that flow state, some stuff when I'm uh, trying to get ready for phone, like I have so many playlists to, that change my, I'm, as you can tell, like now that we're talking about it, like I'm very big into setting environments around me is, is everything. So the environment that you put yourself in, the, the stuff that you're taking in, the music that you're listening to, the stuff that you're looking at on the walls really impacts who you are and your mood and what you bring to the equation. And so, you know, people are always like on, a, on something like this, Greg, how do you have so much energy and all this? It's like everything's environment, right? It was what I listened to right before I got onto this. It was what I ate this morning. It was what I had for lunch that powered like environment to me is, is everything. And music plays a very, very big role in that. Oh, I can tell. And I love the enthusiasm coming through on this too. I, I love it and I feed off of it too. So definitely keep it going. But how do you take care of you right now besides the books and the audibles and all too? How do you take care of you every day? 
Yeah, I physically beat myself up pretty hard. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, for the last four years, I've been training at a, a Ninja Warrior obstacle course racing CrossFit type facility. Uh, unfortunately, they just shut their doors about two weeks ago. Um, and so now I'm doing some of that stuff on my own. But but I'm a big believer, again, going back to motivation and, and momentum is movement. Like I've got to move first thing in the morning, whether that's a 45 minute CrossFit style workout, a 30 minute walk, uh, something like got to got to get moving. Um, you know, uh, nutrition is is huge, right? So take care of yourself from from that side. Um, and then uh, I wear a, a whoop band on my arm. So if you're watching this in video, you can see it. If you're not, um, it's whoop, W-H-O-O-P. Um, and it's a it's kind of a heart rate monitor and tracker. And what I love about it is there's so many devices these days that will tell you 10,000 things happening in your body. But the problem is none of us know how to interpret that data, right? Like we have no idea what any of it means. With Whoop, it gives you three scores every single day. It gives you uh, a recovery score. How recovered are you and how ready are you to take on stress and strain during the day? So are you fully recovered? Are you moderately recovered? Or should you just lay in bed for the rest of the day because you're not going to get anything done? Um, a sleep score. So how 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 much rest did you get based on you know your deep sleep patterns, your REM sleep patterns, your, your awake, you know, how many times are you waking up very very good stuff um and then it also gives you a strain score how strenuous was your day again based on your heart rate heart rate fluctuations heart rate variability um that to me is really really important and i listen to it so on days where i wake up and my recovery score is low those are days where i'm not going to go hard for training those are days where you know and i also like plan like all right so on monday of this week i had six and a half hours of coaching calls well i need to be i need to be my best my, my clients pay me a lot of money to be like at my best. So that means I'm thinking about my sleep. I'm thinking about what I'm eating on Sunday, right? Like it's what I do on Sunday. It's not what I do Monday morning, right? It's what you do before that, that, that brings it in. So all of that stuff is really, really important to me. And it's, um, there's a great book right now and I'm reading it on audible actually, it's called the attributes. Um, and it's by rich Davini, really, really cool book. But what he talks about, that I think is, is appropriate for this is he talks about the difference between peak performance and optimal performance. Most athletes optimize their life for peak performance. Like an NFL player, he needs to peak on Sunday at one o'clock, right? So all week he preps and all of that, you know, eats right and trains right and watches film and, you know, whatever he needs to do so that on Sunday at one o'clock for three hours, he's at his best. Well, as entrepreneurs, we're, we don't need to just be good Sunday at one o'clock. We need to be good seven days a week, like 10, 12 hours a day. And so that's not peak performance, that's optimal performance. How can we perform at an optimal level that we can sustain for as long as possible? This is really big. This is why things like five hour energy and Red Bulls are really, really bad for entrepreneurs is because it gets you to this peak state and then there's a huge crash. Well, if you have 10 sales calls today and all 10 could lead to revenue opportunity, you need to be on fire on call number one on call number seven and on call number 10. So we want to set up our lives and our environment so that we can perform optimally for all 10 of those calls. And that's the difference between peak and optimal. And, and I do everything in my life to set myself up for peak, for optimal performance. How can I sustain my performance all day? Like we're shooting this, uh, we're recording this kind of towards the end of my day. I'm just as energized now as I was at my 8 a.m. call. And it's because of thinking about how can I optimize my environment, my intake, my everything that I do so that I'm just as fired up at the end of my day as the start of my day. Because it's not fair to you if I had six cheeseburgers for lunch and three Diet Cokes and I come in and I'm like, all right, you know, the, the thing that helped my business the most was like, <laughs> who does that help? Right. And so so it's this it's oh, like idea of finding ways to optimally perform for a sustainable period of time versus peaking for, you know, an hour or two hours a day.
Oh my God. I love it. I imagine. Is it easy to go to sleep though? So easy to go to sleep because I'm done. I'm like, uh, you know, I, I, I had a nutritionist a couple of years ago and, you know, I, I had a problem sleeping. Like I would just lay in bed because my mind was working. But now because of some of the things, A, I wake up early. B, is that workout early in the morning. And because of the way I structure my, my food schedule, like by nine o'clock, my eyes are ready to explode and my head is like, turn off, please, turn off, please. And, and uh, I'm able to sleep pretty well. Oh my gosh. And then, you know, talk about, you know, how people can get a hold of you and why would they get a hold of you for coaching? Um, it's a great question. So they can get a hold of me very easily. I'm just Greg Roulette on the internet, right? So Facebook, Instagram. Um, and then if you want to learn more about our performance products, some of the supplements, things like that, um, we made it really easy. It's ambitious.com. So if you're looking to build an ambitious life, if you have these grand ambitions, check out ambitious.com and you can see some of our products, including our video planner, which I know you have one of those uh, there as well. So um, that's where to. Why to um, is for people who are ready to rise up for people that have thought too long about wanting to either make a change. I've been in the corporate world and now I'm ready to step on my own. For that person who knows they have something inside of them, but they're not quite sure of what that first step is so that they have certainty that they are taking the right first step, second step, third step, and they walk out of working with me and they're like, wow, my thing is built. I have momentum. I have a, a way to generate customers. I have an amazing offer. Like we, you have a way to go to the bar owner and get him to, you know, let you play on prime time on Friday night. Those are the people that I want to work with. Is people who are, are are ready to to rise up and unleash the ambitions that have been inside of them, but they don't really know how to express them yet, or maybe they're second guessing what that first step should be. We give absolute clarity on what those steps are, and it's not pie in the sky stuff. It's like, no, we're going to build a campaign. We're going to build a funnel. Here's where your traffic's going to come from. And by the end of working with us, you have a machine that's helping you to get closer to living what we call an ambitious life, which is a life that you have designed for yourself and your business is built around your life, not the other way around. Um, those are the kind of people that we work with and those are the kind of people we help. And that is why you are so busy and have a <laughs> massive schedule because a lot of people really need to hear that. And so I'm glad yeah. they're reaching out to you. And I'm hoping we have listeners today that definitely reach out to Greg. He has a, a wonderful program, great business. And you know, for those he talked a little bit about, um, just for those who are only on Audible today, ambitious video planner, which I already had purchased. And the idea behind it is it's getting me comfortable doing more videos in person and obviously running my company. And inside, like each day is pretty much a, a question that prompts a question to talk to your client or a friend, really to get you moving and get you comfortable in front of the video. And that is because of Greg. And so again, his websites are great. They've got great information in there and he's so easily accessible too. So please reach out to Greg. Um, and with that, I know uh, we're a little going over my time here with everybody. Um, Greg, thank you. Thank you for sharing. I think you shared top five today, not really top four. <laughs> I'll take uh, it. Bonuses, right? Bonus. Top, that's, top. that's the best part of an offer is the bonus, right? We gave you bonus tips today. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We love bonuses out there. Anything exactly. you do is better, faster, quicker, easier, you know, too. But understand it's a hard road. But, you know, with friends around you, it doesn't have to be so hard. Um, so, again, thank you so much for joining the show today, Greg been a pleasure um, for those of you out there listening today i am marcia o'connor ceo and founder of the o'connor group today's lesson is top three slash top five and we look forward to seeing you and hearing from you in our follow-up notes all right guys have a good one